Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. So let me ask you a question. If you had to do it all over again, would you? What? If you had to do everything all over again, like it, if you like had, my life, like a do over? No, like from the divorce, from then till now. If you or, had to do it over again, would like you what, what, would you do it exactly the same, or would you change anything? Well, that's a tough question because it bumps up against. Like, I wouldn't trade my daughters for anything. Yeah, no, I didn't. I mean, I left a lot of money on the table, a lot of jobs on the table, because I I never missed one event throughout the entire elementary school years. Not one. I, actually, I missed one. There was a last minute setup that the school did. Mm-hmm. I had it was scheduled to go to New York to do a fundraiser comedy show that I was performing in in Hoboken, New Jersey, and I did everything I could to try to get a flight back in time so I could go to the one field trip with my one daughter. Which, ironically, the field trip was at a, at the airport on a Monday morning. So I tried to see if I could even get a flight to land at the damn airport yeah. that morning, and I could not pull it off. And, uh, and she was cool that we talked about, you know, she was already good, but that's the only thing, but it's funny. We talk about everything and they remember, she remembers that one time. Yeah. But you yeah. didn't go to that one. <laughs> it's like, you know, like 10 years, never miss one event. I got photos and videos and everything. <laughs> yeah. But that one, it's like, it's like all night. So it's like uh, Arabian, what's that? who was it? I think it was Werner Erhard said that story about a thousand and one nights, Arabian 1001 nights. They made a thousand awesome nights. Yeah. But they made one bad one. So everybody could talk about the one bad one after a thousand great ones. <laughs> but the one bad one for the rest of your life, you could talk about that one bad one. Just cowards, crazy creatures, man. What's it like to have kids inside of a divorce? Like what What's what it? what what would you advise parents that are about to go through a divorce? And and I know that you've said a lot of things inside of the this podcast, but if you were really like to cement one thing, what would you tell? parents that are about to go through a divorce about kids because you went through a powerful divorce with and the kids were present and i just saw the transformation that was there so what would you advise somebody look there's 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 the, there's so many things out there that that are legit that people say you know um don't fight with each other don't argue with each other don't invalidate the kid all, all that stuff right the one that i'll say that uh i that is not said or at least i don't hear it as much I know it's never been said until I started saying it and then putting it in my books and stuff and talking about it. Uh, and that is a co-parenting is bull. The, the, the whole concept of co-parenting is a complete false lie. How can you say that we should still co-parent? Yeah. So you know how people say it takes two people to make a relationship work and it takes two people to mess it up? Mm-hmm. That's bull. It takes two people to make a relationship work. It takes one to mess it up. Yeah. And the one who messes it up is usually the one that's saying, oh, it takes two to mess it up too. No, takes two to make it work but it took one to mess it up and the one who messed it up is always the one that's saying well it really takes two to mess it up no it takes one to mess it up <laughs> it takes two to make it work so co-parenting has a similar dynamic uh, uh, the moment you're in a, you're married and you're together and you have kids with somebody and you're in the same household and you're co-parenting you're living together yeah you're co-parenting you're looking out for each other you're trying to create all the, the environment so if you agree and align on certain things, sometimes there's a wave, sometimes it's more her way, sometimes it's more your way, sometimes it's the kid's way. It's a balancing act that you always you know, try to keep going. But once you get separated, and for example, I use one example, let's say it's adultery. 
or better off, the integrity has been destroyed in their relationship. So some people, usually the one who, person who's out of integrity, tries to come up with the story of, hey, we should still be co-parenting. No. First of all, your integrity is, you haven't even cleaned up, you're out of integrity. Mm-hmm. Period. Let's just start off with that. So how am I supposed to create a working relationship with you raising kids when you can't even have a working relationship with me and your own integrity? It's not going to happen. So I'm not going to listen to and try to implement with my kids your belief system, which is out of integrity? No. So it's a, it's a, it's a really, it just blows the whole lid off. So you have to eliminate this whole co- notion of co-parenting. Another example why you eliminate it is because let's say you're living in separate houses. I'll be damned if you could find a partner who's going to say, well, when they're at your house, you need to follow my rules. Listen to what I said. Yeah. When they're at your house, you need to follow my rules. She's going to go, dude, when they're at my house, you don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? It's not going to happen. <laughs> so it's, like a, it's like a false you know, notion. And I actually think it's wiser and smarter to just be straight about it. And and there's things that you'll align on because you, re, you reinvent your relationship with your kids and there's principles that you want to, and you could agree to promote together. Yeah. But then there's certain things that let's not pretend. Let's not pretend. And you know what? It's good for the kids. They'll have contrast. They'll see how this person behaves. They'll see how this person behaves. They'll see these actions. They'll see this lifestyle. They'll see this kind of thing. And then they get to choose as they create their own lives. If you're training them to create their own lives, where some parent, you know, I was the parent who trained them to create their own lives. My ex actually was good at that too, like create their own lives. But there's some people who, you know, try to train their kids to be like them or the way they used to be or the way their parents were or some version of what you should do with your life. Yeah. Which there's validity in that, but it's not 100%. Because you have to give the kids an opportunity to invent their lives. You know, life's a gift, it's not a debt. For both sides, as a kid, hey man, life's a gift. You're here. Nobody owes you anything. (laughs) And anything you get is like given, you know, like a gift. Appreciate it. And for the parents, it's a gift. You give them the gift. They don't owe you anything either. And, you know, you want to create a relationship where they want to do stuff for you. You know, daddy, 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 daddy. What's that? What does it take that somebody wants you in the space? You know? Well, Louis, let's, um, let's erase me from this conversation. Let's erase what my questions are and me interviewing you. And let's, let's have you address the audience. If you had two minutes, right? And I'm just giving you two minutes because it's just arbitrary. But if you had two minutes to say, to inform somebody, to give them the most that you can give them, if that person's about to go through a divorce, what would you say? Listen to every podcast on divorce for six months really and facetiously but re- listen to it because you're going to get value from other people uh, uh, for sure you're going to get value from other people to find that trusted group of friends you know some people would have one two three but you know i had like five or six but you want that group of friends so you don't wear them out because you're going to wear them out so you're going to talk to one and you know they have their lives too but you want to set it up in a way you listen can i call you can i call that person and and you let them all know that you're there on your team you know you're bored to help you to mature over it. Uh, I, I know from the podcast, you're going to get uh, opportunities and education on, you know, getting a, a right attorney or, or a person to help you mediate or whatever those logistics are, which you have to handle the logistics. Um, uh, for sure, to do self-evaluation work, like go deep, go deep. You know, uh, this course, I'd recommend the Landmark Forum to everybody because that course is phenomenal. Um, 
uh, actually, it's the self-expression and leadership course that I recommend more than anything else. So you have to do the four and other course. But once you get self-expression and leadership, especially during your first six months, you kind of you have an opportunity to reinvent your life. Like, what's your self-expression and leadership going to be in your life and your world? Um, uh, I would read Being Trainable. I mean, I'm plugging myself, but that that book. I had a CEO who I did work with of a tech company, CFO, the C, CFO and the, I, the head and the CTO. So the CTO is the best person to say because the chief technical officer of this technology company who does work worldwide, um, law firms, really technical stuff. The guy's really one of the smartest men I know. He said to me, he asked me, he goes, how long did it take you to write being trainable? And my first response was, dude, that book took me 35 years to write. Um, it took me a year to put it on paper and finish it out and put it in a way that, you know, the first version is out, but it's 35 years of training and development, literally thousands of people in different places from landmark to out in the world and consulting and business, uh, sports interactions. Um, I give a lot of credit to jujitsu. When I started doing jujitsu, it gave me the final age. Okay. What's missing here? What was missing in the being trainable work? Um, so, so you have to be trainable. I mean, really, with the education that's available today, if you're not living the life you want or 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 or, or disempowered, it's really a function of you're not being trainable. There's a lot of coaching out there, so you can't blame the coaching. There's so many different coaching programs and individuals and experts and books. So the information is already out there. I have found from training people to lead training, what's missing is you're not being trainable. That's a whole other realm of distinctions. Yeah, it's not what you think it is. I promise you. That's what I would say. That's what I said. Right. Well, having said that, uh, Louis, thank you for being a yes to this conversation. Thank you for for just being real and exposing your story, exposing yourself in a way where you are a contribution. So as always, you know, I love you, brother. And thank you for being with us. Thank you. My pleasure, too. All right. So, guys. I won't, I won't, can, I won't, can I ask you a question? Oh, for sure. Go for it. Okay. So what, what what's... Uh, What's one or two things you say you could say to the audience that you got from being trainable, from reading the book? So the first thing that I got from being trainable, and I'm going to talk to the audience, is I got what hooks me is me. So what I realized was that every time that I wanted to blame or point the finger or really just um, not be accountable for my own life, I would always, you know, get triggered by it. So I would get hooked by it. And I'd give you several examples, but I think that the overall message that I'm trying to leave you with is whatever hooked me, whether it was like um, she said something, she didn't do something, an expectation wasn't met, an expectation was met, whatever it was, when I got hooked by it, I realized it was something that I wasn't dealing with, an inauthenticity in me. Um, that was one. And the other one was just in being trainable was the listening what was my listening, my world? What was out there? What was it that was making a difference inside of how I heard what was happening? Not so much what I was interpreting or preparing to respond to, but how to listen to what was actually happening. Those are the two main things that I got out of being trainable. Now, I had um, you know, an awesome coach. I had the writer of the book coaching me through my divorce. So you were on my board of directors. You were one of the phone calls that I, I constantly made whenever I didn't understand something or I had to let go of something. So I had laser focus on, 
on my divorce. And what I got out of the book and you and the mixture of the two, so I'm going to say three things, was not denying my love for her. And that was all over the book. You cannot deny the reason that you started the relationship in the first place. You cannot deny that you fell in love with the person. You cannot deny that you are in love with the person. You can just accept that there's no future. And then all there is to do is what there is to do. Nothing more, nothing less. The day begins and the day ends. But when you're trainable, you're able to move through all these spaces in a way where you create your life. So what did I get out of that book and your coaching? I got that divorce is an opportunity, not a catastrophe. I got that I, I was able to create whoever I wanted to be and not react to who I was or what my circumstances. I got that me as a human being has a say in what my future, in how my future is designed. And I became the architect I became the MVP of my team. I became a priority where I spent 40 plus years on this planet as a secondary passenger trying to make other people drive a car that I was equipped to drive myself. So that, those are the things that I got. Yeah. I got my life out of it. I found jujitsu. I found, you know, I just, I was able to look at things from a, another perspective that allowed me to grow as a human being, as opposed to fucking wallow and self pity and blame. I got, I got to accept my ex as a cheater and a liar and respect her for it. What the fuck? Like, I can honestly, like, I have people that constantly are like, oh, she should have never done that. And I was like, no, man, you don't understand. She has the right to govern her mind and her body. She was not my property. She was a lease with an option to buy. And it expired. And now I'm on to something else. And it's fine. You know, what I got was freedom. And I I have no shame over the fact I, I was able to step into this conversation. I was able to lead this conversation as a result of being trainable because as a Latin man, shame is the worst fucking shit that you can actually put on my plate. And I don't have any shame. On the contrary, I tell everybody that, you know, that she that there was infidelity in my in my marriage i tell everybody you know that that i was lied to that i was gaslighted and that she has the right to and it's all good and my goal my dream in this fucking world if i can if i can if i was could take the training that i got from being trainable and apply it i would love to apply it in an interview with her if if she can be a guest on this show and her and i can have an authentic back and forth because if you notice on this show we never we never mention their names we never blame them we, we take responsibility and accountability for ourselves and our lives and all of that was born inside of being trainable because we sourced that book through my divorce yeah i, I want to add a, it's excellent well said 100 uh i want to make it 100 percent in one Go for uh, it. Uh, what hooks you is you 
And for me, how I dealt with her, quote, infidelity was being very clear that I have also had infidelity right, that I have done to other people in, in my past. So, so when people say, how can you be that she's cheating? Dude, I've cheated on women. Come on. Let's not, let's not pretend that I've never cheated on somebody. I never lied and cheated on bullshit because I have. 100%. Yeah, so, and, and I could give examples of when and where I decided to stop that and complete that kind of discussion because it leaves you ucky. You know, many years ago, yeah. it's disgusting behavior. For me, somebody else, they thrive in it. You could reach all kinds of levels <laughs> and to be a lying, cheating crook. And it's not like there's a, a special prize at the end of the day, you know? Some would argue that it's okay because look how you could live doing it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. For me, it's not. I, you know, I just, I, it's not my game, not, not my circus, not my clowns. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but I am authentic about it that uh, I have cheated on uh, women in the past. Uh, uh, thank God, not a lot. You know, I could literally count them in two fingers, uh, but I did. Uh, and it sucked. And I came clean about it. And after coming clean about it, I just never wanted to have that disgusting. It's like putting on a very tight swimsuit, one of those uh, uh, surfing, like, like scuba 80s, diving, eighties spandex. Really, really, it's really tight, but it's like nails in it, and it's like all like you're contorted. It's like, and then you're trying to pretend like I'm cool. cool. It's bullshit. Yeah. So so if you're authentically honest with yourself, whatever hooks you is usually something that you've done in some shape or form. Uh, And that's what gave me freedom around the cheating and uh, uh, and like that. With once, you know, I'm not saying you're not, but once that really gets cleaned up for yourself, the space will be there to show up and and maybe do that interview. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I'm in the same boat. So like, uh, just to be clear, I realized that I was a cheater. And that I was a liar. And when I distinguished that stuff and then I had freedom around it and that's how I got to that point. Because prior to that point, which I didn't mention, I was blaming and I was um, not being accountable for my own life. And it was disgusting to acknowledge that about myself. But it was also freeing to understand that that's why I was blaming and that's why I was trying to make the other person responsible. It was for my actions, for my my inability to see that I was that person that... um, that I was not liking in the other person. So all of that yeah, was inside said, of being I, I, trainable. I, I, I'm going to share the, the, the thing, 30 seconds or a minute. So, so I had this, uh, uh, an ex, best friends to this day, we're best friends. Yeah. Like we're best friends. We, we were married, got divorced, and we're best friends. Uh, but when we first started to uh, like decide to commit to each other, it was during a time where I wanted to come like 100% clean. I didn't want to have stuff. I was leading seminars at Landmark uh, in New York. I, I was participating in that kind of environment, a lot of integrity. And I said to her, you know, uh, if we're going to commit to each other, I got to come clean with you. I had an affair with so-and-so, who was a friend of mine for years. So it's like, it was one of those things like, you know, we're single and we had a great time. Yeah. But what happened is so-and-so became friends with my ex. So I was like, oh, shit. So now you're friends with my... It's like, you know, it was one thing, like, right? Yeah. So, uh, and so-and-so was cool. Like, we had the same kind of level of thing. Like, look, I'm not friends with your the, the woman you might get engaged with. I mean, it's we got to come clean. I got, I got it. There's no way I, I... We cannot be in the same room and pretend that... It's like, it's just ugly, man. Yeah. So so I said to her, I said to my ex, look, you know, I, you know, I had to offend. We didn't date. We just, you know, fooled around with so-and-so. Yeah. Friends with benefits. Great times, no question about it. I'm not going to deny that it was phenomenal. And my ex like, 
The only reason I'm not saying her name is out of integrity, but yeah, she'd definitely. tell you the same story. So yeah. she'd be here and she'd tell you the story. Uh, so she moves on. She leaves the room. I was living in, in the Galaxy in Guttenberg, New Jersey, beautiful penthouse overlooking Manhattan. I'm like, man, look at this. I'm doing okay. But like the woman I love is like, oh, I had to like come clean. She leaves the room. Uh-huh. Dude, swear to God, maybe if it was five minutes, it was a lot. She comes back in. She sits down next to me. She goes, well, you know what? I have to tell you something to that. I could understand why you cheated on me. Because I've been in this relationship with one foot out the door. So I can't expect you to have both feet in the door if I had one foot out the door. So if we're going to commit to each other, I'm putting both feet in. And I put both feet in. And we had a phenomenal relationship. Things went well. And then, you know, life went on and she had went through her own things. That She, uh, she went through her own things and we got divorced. But it was amicable. It was just got divorced. Yeah. Um, a couple of years later, I mean, uh, and then we swung back around and we're still best friends. She's married, has a kid and and a stepson and she, my daughters have taken care of her kids. <laughs> you know, it's like, like that. <laughs> so it's like really great. But then it's clean. There's no, I meant tirita, you know, in Spanish, I meant tirita. And I, there's no little, you know, little sneaky bullshit. Yeah. And audience, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> little sneaky line things, you know, but it's okay. We read a book called, uh, uh, a book called Radical honesty i think it's radical honesty was the title read radical honesty you lose a lot of weight (laughs) (laughs) and on that note thank you guys for tuning in thank you for listening or watching wherever wherever it is that you may be listening or watching from and just for being part of the conversation it takes a big person to be part of this conversation so i leave you with you know judge us at your own free will be courageous and be vulnerable because it makes a difference. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous. Be vulnerable. It makes a difference.